There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Hello, welcome back. I'm Annabelle Corton from the Emirates Lit Fest here with my co-host Yvette Judge, who is standing in for Isabel Abulhul on the show today. Oh, I didn't call you delightful. I have to call you delightful. I've noticed there have been a lot of adjectives Sorry. missing this morning. I'm I'll try and rectify fine. this. We, we still have a few, you know, a couple of hours left Absolutely. on the show. You know. I, I've noted. I've we can turn this around. Okay. 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 Um, today on the show, it's a roundup of books on memorable journeys, exploration and adventure. And we're warming up with a walk. That's enough of a of, of a walk, I think. I think that's enough of the 500 miles. I couldn't resist. I'm so sorry, but I'm not really. Sorry, not sorry. Regular listeners of Dubai Eye will recognise the sound of our guest today, journalist mm-hmm. and presenter Georgia Tolly, dazzling us over the airwaves, whether here or with the BBC World Service. She's also an avid reader, and she's here to review Thinking on My Feet by Kate Humble. Welcome to the studio this morning. Hello, good morning. I'm sorry I didn't dance with the music. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit, you know. I mean, tender in the head. <laughs> if we didn't, if we didn't have a show to fill, I'd have told you to just leave, George. I know. I, I, you were properly bopping. I Who doesn't the bop? bop to the proclaimers? <laughs> so, uh, thinking on my feet by Kate Humble. Before we go any further, um, I thought it would be nice to just fill in the listeners on what exactly this book is about. It's mm. non-fiction. Um, tell us a little bit about Kate and the book. Okay, so Kate Humble is a uh, so very, very famous in the UK. And if you've watched any of the programmes like Blue Planet, you will have heard her narration without necessarily knowing who she is. She's uh, lovely. Uh, she's around 50 years old. She's uh, a BBC, I suppose she's best known for her nature programmes. And um, she's been hugely successful. I, I mean, if you look at her, her roll call of programmes, it's basically every single programme you've ever seen. She's also a very keen walker. And this uh, book, uh, it, it's quite remarkable in many ways. It's, it's sort of like a diary. It's like a journal. And it describes all the walks that she did over a period of a year. And there's no doubt you can tell that she must have done a few extra ones because she knew she was writing a book. But it is, uh, and I don't want to use too many sort of walking puns, but it, <laughs> but it is a really lovely amble like reading it feels like you're sort of ambling along. There's no sort of, uh, it, it doesn't really have a beginning, a middle or an end, but it is just a delightful uh, description of various walks, some short, some really long, um, that she's taken throughout the year and and how it has helped her think and, and why she thinks walking is good for the soul, why she thinks walking is is good for anyone to do, not just for fitness, but as a way of, sort of pondering and absorbing and dealing with life and everything that life th- throws at you and she also meets some really interesting characters on her walks some deliberate some accidental and it is just a lovely sort of amble it is just a lovely stroll through a book and and you can pick it up and put it down over a period of sort of several months and not lose track just mm. enjoy it um and I mean, Kate herself is a fascinating woman. She's married, but she hasn't had children. She's got an adored dog. And um, she's also a naturist. She likes to get very close to nature. Uh, she's, she likes not wearing any clothes in nature. 
and uh, she also uh, keeps bees. So you can sort of get this image of a woman who really does feel rooted in the countryside. She lives in the UK, the countryside where she lives, and likes to feel rooted wherever she goes. Um, before we go any further, here's Kate actually explaining why she wrote about her love affair with walking, because it's lovely to hear her actually talk about it. She speaks as beautifully about it as she writes in the book. Is a celebration of walking. Why does walking actually make me feel good and lots of other people feel good? This isn't unique to me. What I hope it will do is show that this is something that anybody can do, however old they are, wherever they live. It costs nothing, but its rewards are enormous. Sorry about the sound quality at the beginning there. She started, this book is actually a celebration of walking. I love what she said at the end as well. It costs costs nothing, but the rewards are enormous. And I was rather glibly referring to this as a kind of um, relationship counselling session for you and your Fitbit. But it does feel a little bit like that. Do either of you have Fitbits? Do you use them? Yeah, I have my Fitbit on at the moment. How many steps are you up to? Okay, are you able to share that? (laughs) It's a little bit sad this morning. It's only a thousand and twenty-eight. What do you mean a bit sad? That's quite good. That's quite a lot. (laughs) Yeah, is it? Oh right. Oh, I think I've done eleven already today. I've done a thousand and (laughs) twenty-eight steps. You've walked from the car to the studio, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. Someone carried me from my house to the car. (laughs) Did it? Did the book make you feel guilty in any way, or was it? I mean, I felt like there was a great deal of kindness and encouragement in it, rather than. Uh, you should walk more. Oh, for sure. I mean, personally, I don't really like walking very much. It's one of the reasons why I live in Dubai and not in where I grew up in the English countryside, because in the English countryside, there isn't a great deal to do other than go for walks. And uh, oddly enough, uh, it's it's a sign of how good a book it is that it that she made me want to get out there a bit more. I was wondering, I was trying to think where I could walk here. Yeah, a bit more. I, I love walking, I have to say, which is why maybe the book resonated with me. Um, I also love walking through cities. Um, we we went to, to Paris before Christmas and I did, I think it was something like 28,000 steps, according to Mr Fitbit. Um, but that, that was brilliant. Now, she she talks about um, not enjoying walking through cities so much. I do, because there's so much to see. I'm always falling over, actually, because I, I tend to look up as I walk and I'm being rescued from treading in unpleasant things and so on. So, no, I, I do love walking and I, I did love the book. For me, it was just a brilliant, a Friday read, a dip into book. I do love walking here. There are certain parts of uh, Dubai that are absolutely um, wonderful, especially in the winter. I mean, in the summer, it's a different story. But it, it, it was interesting to hear her talk about how she asked this question, is it really traveling if you're getting so like into a car or into a plane for like seven hours and then getting off at the end like you don't actually experience anything along the way and yes it's incredibly practical not suggesting that you know everybody walk from like you're getting all Greta on us (laughs) 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 no flying you need to go on a boat but or you need to well your canoe do you think she romanticizes it too much though um no I, I don't think she does actually because um, the, the reason I say that quite sternly is is because I'm thinking of the bit where she's walking along the, the River Wye. She doesn't let through the yes. River Wye. And, and she describes the damage to her feet and the pain. So I didn't find that remotely romantic, either, but I'm just really? going to say I felt her pain as I was... I mean, my toes are curling now as, as, I, uh, as, as I describe it. Ooh. Yeah, massive blisters yeah. on the soles of her feet that she has to sort of pop. Yeah. And then they swell up again and you pop yeah. them again. Oh, what a lovely image yeah. to leave our listeners with I know what, as we I go away from 
breakfast. I like to do that. It's my, <laughs> my favourite thing to do. Just Thank separating you. blisters. If you'd, if you'd like to blame anybody for that, Georgia Tolly is with us <laughs> in, in the studio right now reviewing Thinking on My Feet by Kate Humble. From John Ronson to Jane Austen to Zadie Smith, this is Talking of Books. On Dubai I 103.8. Hello, welcome back to Talking of Books, where you're just in time for this. Just a slight clue there, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about walking. And of course, we have to play that song when we're talking about that subject. Um, so Kate Humble is a writer and broadcaster specialising in science, wildlife and rural affairs. And she's written a thoughtful memoir slash love letter to the simple act of putting one foot in front of the other. And she's coming to the Emirates Airline Festival of Literature in February. EmiratesLitFest.com, by the way, for tickets and information about any of the authors that we're talking about on the show today. And reviewing Thinking on My Feet by Kate Humble today is the lovely Georgia Tolly, journalist and broadcaster who regular listeners will be familiar with. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> That's my cue. Yeah. Um, so we have been talking about uh, Thinking on My Feet. You've given a wonderful um, introduction to the book and spoken a little bit about Kate. And we were talking um, off air about some of the programmes that we saw online that she'd been involved with, um, going to Siberia, minus 40 degree temperatures. And it seems quite a jump to go from something like that and the intense uh, broadcasting that she does around the world to something that seems, when you think about it, quite sedate and calm and quiet but there aren't moments in the book where she experiences things that are incredibly harrowing aren't there and I think one of your um favorite moments from the book involved uh, meeting somebody um with an incredibly moving story yeah I mean she's and she does write it very well as well there's a lady called Ursula uh who she meets and Ursula has had ovarian cancer and uh she, Basically, part of she's always been uh, this lady Ursula has always been reasonably adventurous in that she's she's walked the length of a river from one end to the other, but in the in and then and then canoed along the Danube, and she discovers that she has uh, that, that you know she starts with a pain and then she discovers that she's got ovarian cancer, and the walking it becomes intrinsic to her dealing with the illness dealing with the prognosis and then dealing with uh, and then helping her recover and this there's she has this sort of various um ambitions various targets that she achieves as part of her treatment and, and and it's all sort of tied up with you know the hospitals in bristol and so you know she walks to bristol to get you know for the next and then the next appointments three months later and so she's got three months to build up to walking to there and it is amazing to hear how how it how walking helped Ursula get through cancer and, and she is now cancer free. And it, I think it really resonated with me just because at a much smaller level, my mother, when she had bowel cancer, um, it, similarly, just sort of bit by bit managed to regain her strength by walking. And uh, at first, you know, there's a hill outside her house. And at first she'd, she said she's almost had to do circles around the bottom of it because she even didn't have the strength to climb up. And there was a real sense of achievement for her that she wanted to climb to the top by May because that was when the bluebells were out. Actually, I think there was April. It must have been April because the bluebells had gone by May. But she just wanted, she, there, there's a bluebell wood at the top of it and she just really wanted to get there by then. And of course she managed to. And, and, and my, you know, my mother's now cancer free as well, which is brilliant. Um, but I think, it, it, yes, it just. I mean, those. It, that. I mean, that's what the book is like. It's just a series of little 
tales, little transcendent tales of, of, of people who she meets. There's also one about a man who's walk, you'd, on, the, on the run, basically, with his dog, because um, the dog's bitten someone and is going to be put down. And so that tests your sort of morals slightly because, you, you know, you sort of want them to escape but but the dog has bitten somebody and um, so uh, and and he's he's started in Dartmouth and he's walking up to Scotland with this dog and and I suppose it's the dog's last walk and there's something Aww. incredibly poignant about that even though it's a horrible biting dog <laughs> you know you get the poignancy in it I love what you said there about these little transcendent moments that's exactly how it feels reading it the the moments that you liked, Yvette, you mentioned something about the seasons. There's a seasonal quality to the way she writes the book, isn't there? There is, and as she goes through the year, obviously, um, and I, I do love a good season, and, and when I was living full-time in <laughs> Rather Dubai, than a bad season. <laughs> yes, that's probably what I, I no missed season. most. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, obviously in Dubai we get, we get warm, we get cold, we get the rain, but you, you don't get that progression through the year of watching the colours change, and I know... That a lot of people may think I'm slightly odd and that's fine. But I do love seeing, I mean, autumn in particular, the gorgeous colours and that she captures that so well in, in the book. So for me, that was the, the bit I loved most, probably the, the, the Welsh bits, if you like, that, that she was doing when she's describing what's happening. So, Georgia, something we haven't mentioned yet is that you will be actually speaking to Kate Humble. Yes, I'm at very the Emirates Lip Fest. We're excited as well. And I just wondered if you'd had a chance to think about some of the questions that you now have after reading the book and learning a bit about her work as a presenter as well. So um, I reckon you do this just to check that we're prepping properly. Oh, she's on. <laughs> she's on to me. You're a, oh. you're a bit obvious, Annabelle. Oh. Like, can I have, say you're a bit obvious? <laughs> have you prepared for next weekend? <laughs> It's not next weekend, is it? We've got a little bit while to go. Oh, no, do we not tell you? We move the whole thing move up. Move the whole thing up just to trick just, me. Just to just, pressure Georgia. Just to get me on edge. Um, so I actually, I did, I did have something I wanted to ask her because one of the things that you'll notice if you read it is that the descriptions are delightful and vivid and detailed. And obviously, when you're a fiction writer, it's all just coming from inside your head. You're making it up. So aren't you clever? You know, imagination. <laughs> like that's, well, you know, you are, you're clever. You're making it up. But... But when you actually, it's supposed to be something you've actually seen. I, I just wonder how, how she writes that, what her process of writing is, the machinery of it. You know, does she talk into a dictation machine like her iPhone as she walks along so that she remembers things like the red kites, which is a type of bird circling? Or does she somehow manage to freeze it in her mind's eye? So I'd be really interested to find out about, I mean, I, I often do this with, with authors. I, I, I want to know how they do it because... Obviously, they, it's the same with fiction writers. Like, how do you make these things? Mm. Uh, I mean, to a certain extent, I've asked Brandy about it quite a lot. That's removed some of the mystique. Brandy Scott, who's one of the presenters here, has written a book. Um, and I sort of worked with her while she was working through it. I didn't work with her on the book, but I worked at the radio station. Um, so, I, so some of the mystique has gone there. But still, I'm fascinated at how. It's the how. I think particularly for non-fiction as well, particularly memoir, um, and, and any time it goes, you know, back further to like childhood, you know, how it's the authenticity of it sometimes, you know, how do you actually remember this? How do you record these thoughts? How, how do we know that this is what, you know, your response to that event in that moment? And it's, it is an interesting conversation because, I mean, no writer works the same way. Yes, they're all. They're, some of them are really weird about it. Some of them only have, some of them. <laughs> I'm sure some are normal, but some of them like virtually lock themselves in a room and they're not allowed out unless they've for a coffee or a biscuit unless they've actually written a certain number of words. Wasn't that Douglas Adams? 
was that Douglas? I think that's the I way think he the, the, there's, There was actually a story about um, Douglas Adams asking somebody to lock him in a room. Brilliant. Because he was a terrible procrastinator. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of publishers would dearly like to do that with some of their <laughs> authors. <laughs> was it Douglas Adams? I'm pretty sure it was. Um, so Thinking on My Feet by Kate Humble. Um, that is the book that we're talking about at the moment with Georgia Tolley. Um, Kate Humble will be appearing at the Emirates Airline Festival of Literature. She's got a wonderful background of uh, presenting incredible adventurous programs um, for the BBC and beyond. So she'll be speaking about her experiences there with Georgia. Um, but on the non-fiction side, we've yes. talked about that. Um, what about fiction? You're going to be speaking to somebody else at the festival as well. I am. I'm very lucky because she's incredibly famous. She's called uh, Santa Montefiore. She's written so many amazing novels. I mean, I think she's more, written more than 20. And they are delicious travel novels uh so set they basically they make you want to go to gorgeous places and i wasn't sure that i was going to enjoy them when i first started reading them but she literally she grabbed me with both hands and and dragged me into well it was italy for the first one and um it it was it was it, it, it literally it's amazing if you it, it's a disaster if you want to go on holiday but if you if you and but you can't afford it because all she makes you want to do is go to it, she reminded me how much i love europe because we live here we've been going on holiday around here you know going to, going to sri lanka for example but she reminds you of, of the wonderful texture and colors and uh, flavors of the countries that she writes about and and then overlays it with lovely uh lovely emotional uh sort of slightly soap opery tales stories on, on layered on top and and they're not it, it's funny it is it is sort of to a certain extent chiclet you know they are women will be more likely to read these types of books and they're definitely marketed more at women with you know pretty pictures on the front um but they're very powerful like they they're very powerful they within about four pages uh it made and she's talking about a relationship between a mother and a daughter i was i rang my mum like literally i put the book down and i rang my mum because she'd managed to touch on that relationship between mothers and daughters and how complicated it is that in such a way that made me really feel quite nostalgic and and so i rang my mum and then a few minutes later you know i rang my sister that's wonderful. Oh, we're going to have to leave it there, unfortunately. Um, but thank you so much, Georgia, for joining us in the studio to talk to us about Kate Humble and Santa Montefiore, who'll both be appearing at the Emirates Lit Fest in February. EmiratesLitFest.com for more information about that. Thank you very much. Pleasure. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.